Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am one half of the mega podcasting powers, Trip Lano. With me, as always, a man who drinks his coffee with like 400 packets of sugar in it, and so is very vulnerable to attempted robbery situations, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Leno. I actually don't anymore. No? No. I haven't for a off? long time. Because my voice teacher in high school, she saw me put everything in it, and she's like, that's disgusting. <laughs> and I was like, well, what, what, what Hester? And she was like, do what I did. My friend challenged me to drink coffee with no sugar in it, or maybe, maybe like a sugar, for two weeks. And then try and go back to the old, and you can't do it. And I was like, okay. And then I did. And I was like, you're right, Hester. I can't anymore. I pl- like, if I, Unless I'm going for like a weird flavored shit at Starbucks, yeah. it's like a milkshake. Yeah. I just want like usually an iced coffee with like two Splenda in it, and that's it. Okay. Well, my lame coffee joke is the way of entering mom's pick. Well, what would be mom's pick? We didn't ask her. We just gave it to her. But uh, since February has three Mondays, we had to do three February episodes. So one is Andrews. I think we're going to get four solid February's, which I like. <laughs> you mean four years of this? Yeah. So I mean, there's plenty of part four stuff. In, is that how we said there was like a solid, like a, there was like a, an end? I, there's next year, I have a thing in mind already that I want to do, but we can talk about that at some point in the future. But I have an idea that I think would be fun to do, and then we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. But in any case, there's three February's, because there's uh, three Mondays this February, because there's a, it's a leap year. So last week was Andrew's pick. Uh, this week is for uh, our mom, who this show wouldn't exist without. And next week will be my pick. So. We're doing sudden impact. You know what that means. We gotta go back, Marty. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your coffee, Marty. Something's gotta be done about your coffee. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mega power death. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. So we are gazing squinty-eyed into the middle distance with new friend Quint... Clint Quint Eastwood. Quint Eastwood. No, his kid is acting now, though. Yeah, his, his kid is hot. But the, I saw a, a DVD cover of something he was in, mm-hmm. and Eastwood is in, like, 72 font, and his, I think it's Pat... I think it's Pat Eastwood. Patrick I don't know. Eastwood. Okay. Patrick is in, like, size 4. It's like... Eastwood! Patrick, Patrick, it's, it's Patrick Nicklin. It's Patrick Nicklin. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. You know, his kid is hot. <laughs> I, 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 I don't even hot. know if he's a bad actor. I just, it's funny to me. Uh, this is the incredibly violent part four in the Dirty Harry series, Sudden Impact. And we'll get to it. But I feel like this is more Dirty Harriet than Dirty Harry. Yeah, that's my thing. Is that I love empowered ladies, as, <laughs> as our listeners know. I love a good empowered lady. Jessica Jones was my jam. But I also have a problem with the trope that women can only be strong after some sort of horrible, violent... Sure. Uh, what did I say? Uh, tragedy. Yeah. So, and that movie, this movie very much plays on that idea. So while I commend that they had a very strong woman character who was like, you know what, this is what I need to do, and she did it for the most part. Sure. Uh, no spoilers, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. She did like nine out of ten things she wanted to do. Yeah, no, I, she's a cool character, and I liked her. I just, it was interesting to me that he directed this movie, and 
the one that he directed was one where he was a little more hands-off than the other Dirty Harry films. Okay, this was hands-off for him, comparatively? I haven't seen the other Dirty Harry. Well, like, she does a lot of the stuff that you would expect Dirty Harry to be doing. Well, he's also doing a lot, though. Yeah. I took throw a, a Molotov cocktail. I took he's... a tally, actually. Um, we have one, two, three, four methods of death. Gun, Molotov cocktail, as you said. And two others I want to hold off on, because I feel like they're more fun in context. So let's let's get into Car it. Car drowning? Is that count as Molotov cocktail? Yeah, I'll put that under Molotov. Okay. Anyway, this movie starts with straight-up 70s porn music. <laughs> Most of it is 70s porn music. <laughs> but it's three minutes of 70s porn music and sweeping shots of San Francisco, where I'm just like, the, who and what? I realize this is now a sort of ADD generation that Thanks I'm part of, <laughs> that I can't concentrate on slow-paced things anymore, and movies have gotten faster and they're cutting over the years, but it is baffling to me how slow this movie is. That's, I think that was my big problem with it. It was... A, I didn't like him as a character. B, this movie was so slow. The first hour, I was like, when is something going to happen? <laughs> but so we have three minutes of, of shots of San Francisco. And then finally, finally. Blessedly. Something happens. And we're in a car with a guy and a woman. And she kills him. Mm-hmm. And then smash cut to. In the groin in the face. Yeah. And then smash cut to Dirty Harry with just the oldest old lady looking sunglasses on <laughs> walking into a courtroom. Speaking of old lady, I thought that Dirty Harriet was Lorraine Gary of Jaws for fame. Oh. After the little, for like half the movie, I was like, oh, like that's kind of cool. Were you not wearing your glasses? She looks very similar. I guess, but it took you over an hour to realize it wasn't that actress? Yeah. That's crazy town. They look the same to me. <laughs> They have the same weird haircut. Look, last week you're watching a movie at 1.5 speed, or last episode rather. Next, this time you're you're watching it without your glasses. I feel like the people ought to know these things that you're just really <laughs> half-assing it at this point. I'm not. It's the, uh, we're going to do a side by side because they have the same weird, like curly haircut, the same like almost Tilda Swinton face. <laughs> so there's some legal reason that. Harry Callahan's methods get the bad guy off the hook. Um, I think it's called He Doesn't Abide by Any Laws. Oh. I think that would be the uh, reason. Okay. Well, you know, he is dirty, Harry. He's not clean <sighs> by the rules, Harry. But, like, there's a reason. You have no proof. And if you have no proof, there's no anything. I just think he did it. I hated him <laughs> so much. I wanted to punch him in his stupid squinty face. Well, to and be fair, to be fair, this movie did come out at a time when the values about America and its relationship with cops were pretty significantly different. I mean, they're pretty... Are we back in another dip of that, then? Is it like a, a wave chart? I mean, I feel like this movie came out when people were pretty trusting of police, and so they were just like, he knows it's a bad guy, it's just get the just get the uh, job done. Were, okay. okay. It wasn't our like current, everybody should have a body camera on, don't trust anybody atmosphere. Got it. So anyway... There's this great scene in the elevator where it's Dirty Harry. The dude who just got off. The dude who just got off and his lawyer. And this woman who is clearly an extra and looks absolutely terrified the whole time. Like, they didn't tell her what was the scene was. They just mm-hmm. were like, get in the elevator. Because he grabs this dude by the lapel and he slams him into the wall and he starts like chewing him out like an inch and a half from his face. Which, one, is assault. And two, is in front of multiple witnesses. But... 
this woman, I, I had to rewind it and watch it again because when he slams him into the wall, she shrieks, shirks back like, oh, uh, and, and, and flinches in, in terror. Like they didn't tell her what the hell was going on. Which I'm going to see if I can make perfect. a gif of that. <laughs> just her like yeah, recoiling her. in terror. Yeah. It's fantastic. So the reason that our mom loves this movie so much is the scene that comes up right next with, with coffee that we alluded to earlier I think that's, like, the scene of the movie. Absolutely it is. But I thought it was at the end of the movie. Yeah, I definitely did not know it was, like, right <laughs> after. It's in the first ten minutes. We're spending all of, our, our, all of our notoriety cash at the beginning. Right. And so, take it away, if you'd like. Uh, he goes into the diner, and he... Does he have the newspaper with him? Yeah, he picks up the newspaper, and he's just and, reading it. And he's, he's like, like hey, I need a coffee, and he's reading the newspaper, and everyone's kind of tense and shifty in this whole diner. But he's not paying attention to anything. The waitress is just behind the counter, just looking around and making eye contact with people. She puts the cup down, she fills it with coffee, and then she picks up the sugar, like the old glass sugar, not like the packets, and just holds it over and does at least a minute and a half, <laughs> two minutes more. <laughs> like the coffee wouldn't be, so, it would be a solid sludge at that yeah, point. It's just goop. It's, yeah. just, it's like a semi-solid. It's basically gack. It's yeah. Like she's got, he's got his cup. And so she pours for two, a straight two-minute pour. And he doesn't pay attention, doesn't say anything. Which, okay, he's this crack detective and didn't notice that was happening. <laughs> I guess he was in autopilot mode. He hadn't engaged the detective. I don't, whatever. <laughs> and so he, you know, pays and leaves and goes to drink his coffee and instantly spits it out and turns around as they flip the open signs to close. Which, why didn't you do that before you, you know, started your robbery? Yeah, that seems like poor planning on the part of the robbers. Come on, guys. Martha Stewart would have hated this robbery. Right. You there lock the no door. Planning. You come in, you lock the door. Yeah. Or maybe they were getting in position first. They wanted to spread out over the diner so they had all the entrances and exits covered. Maybe. But they clearly like had already started the robbery. Oh, yeah. There was robbery in progress. Yeah. So he comes around the back door. And this is the point in this movie, which is fairly early. But I realized that he looks like a Muppet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And there, I believe Clint Eastwood has been a Muppet before. Oh, really? Uh, there's been a Muppet character based on Clint Eastwood. Okay. Because he comes in the back, and, and look, Clint Eastwood has made an entire career out of squinting into the middle distance. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all he's ever done. And, and I'm, f- to be honest, there are several Clint Eastwood movies I quite enjoy. I like some of the old westerns and some of the more modern stuff. And I, I thought Gran Torino was good. Like, I, I, There's plenty of movies he's made that I enjoy. But his one face is to kind of purse his lips, squint, and scrunch his face up. And it looks like when Kermit, the person does the part where you kind a of... A little cur- bit. Where you kind of curl your hand into a C shape instead mm-hmm. of instead of out like... Oh, uh, yeah, I'm very typical with Kermit face. Well, I'm describing... Twisty. It for, yeah. Twisty pullback Kermit face. Yeah, so instead of like, you know, your, your fingertips touching, you kind of curl them into a C shape. That Kermit face is the one I'm describing. That's sort of what he looks like just all the time. Or when, like, white girls judge each other. That sort of, like, squinty <laughs> face... Like, I think Rich, Rich is a really great guy. Really? <laughs> you really think that? So he walks in the back door and proceeds to give this long speech of, been coming in here for ten years and getting the same cup of coffee, paying the same waitress. Only this time, she put sugar in it. A lot of sugar. I was just going to lodge a complaint. <laughs> and so we get the very famous, go ahead, make my day. As in, his day is just... Legit murdering people. That's the, the ideal day for Danny Harry. Includes four or five murders, probably. So in the course of this movie, he kills nine people with gunshots. Oh wow! Four of them, at least, are in this diner sequence, and mm-hmm. so it's just like big old hand cannon. People die real easy in this movie. Yeah, they do. 
It's sort of a one-shot kill. It's like a Western. Oh, is that how Westerns are? Yeah, most... most of I've it, only ever seen Django. Yeah, uh, if you watch a classic Western, it's, you get shot, you spin around, you fall down. There's not a lot of, like, you got shot in the gut, he lives for four days type stuff. Mm-hmm. And also, I've noticed that... There's just a lot of people through windows, too. Yeah. A yeah. lot of window breaking. I think it's to make the impact look cooler, since they didn't really do blood splatter stuff like they do now. That's true. So it was kind of a, a showy thing, but... He also delivers every line of dialogue like he really, really hasn't pooped in three days. Mm-hmm. Like, he's also, just, like he's not listening to anybody else. Right. But he's kind of got his teeth clenched, and it's like it really hurts, but there's nothing he can do about it. He took the he took the citrusel, and he's like just waiting for it to kick in. Mm-hmm. And he's like constantly monitoring where he is for where the nearest bathroom is because he won't take, squinting. Yeah, he won't take the day off. To, to really deal with this problem, so mm-hmm. he just has to be constantly aware of where the nearest toilet is for what he knows is coming but won't come yet. That's every line of dialogue from Clint Eastwood in this movie. I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so this is my favorite scene in the movie because it's the diner scene. No, okay, are we still? I was no, <laughs> we're moving on. Sorry. By by far, my favorite scene in the movie is this absolutely insane bit where he goes to a wedding. Mm-hmm. At a hotel, the reception. Not the, the reception. Yeah, that's ceremony. true. Just yeah, clarification. And he walks in, and he like blows by security, and he walks up to the table where this old man is uh, celebrating the uh, wedding of his granddaughter. And I guess this is the mob boss who mm-hmm. was the boss of the guy that got off earlier. I'm guessing. And he proceeds to rattle off that he has all this evidence, and and say that he has these letters that are going to damn him. And he pulls out these letters from his pocket. And he berates an old man into a heart attack. That kills him. He dies. At the wedding of his granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Like... So then he walks out and hands the host, who didn't want to let him in earlier, but did anyways, the letters, which are blank. Yep. So he had no evidence. <laughs> nope. And just killed a man. Yeah. <laughs> How was this his fourth movie? <laughs> and people love it, I guess. He's just... It's crazy. And, yeah, obviously the guy he kills is a super-duper bad guy. But I'm assuming that his granddaughter probably isn't a murderer's thief or whatever. Probably not. So it's super great that her wedding day memory is like, oh yeah, it was a lovely day. Until that squinty-eyed bastard came in (laughs) and berated my grandfather into a heart attack. And he died. In my arms. (laughs) At the reception. Face in the cake. (laughs) Just covered in cake. He couldn't even go out dignified and fall backward. Yeah. He fell forward into the cake, and he had it all over his lapels and everything. Poor bastard. <laughs> so that's uh, the one and only count of murder by heart attack by mm-hmm. Dirty Harry. Might be the only one murder by heart attack in the movie. Or am I missing something? Yeah, that's what I said. That's oh, you said by Dirty Harry. I thought you... I, was, I thought you... Oh, know. no, no, that's... That, I was referring back to my Dirty Harry kill count. Oh, uh, I see. I thought it was... These are the four ways people die in this movie. This is his count. This is her count for each. No, there's more than four ways that people die, but he kills nine people by gun and one by heart attack. Got it. So far. We then pick up with some detectives investigating the murder we saw that opened the movie, and I actually really enjoyed this little interplay between... Dirty Harry and who I dubbed Fake Peter Falk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fake Peter Falk. I'm assuming Fake Peter Falk is someone who's been in all of the Dirty Harry movies because they have a rapport that it suggests a friendship of some type. And I, I've seen the I've seen the first Dirty Harry and I think the second, but I, I just don't remember the details. So I think this guy has come up before, but he's eating a hot dog 
like really disgustingly sloppily chewing mm-hmm. this hot dog and he's like writing things down on a notepad and taking big bites of the hot dog and I just love that I, it felt like real Clint Eastwood and not Dirty Harry who like turns to him and he's like no one eats ketchup on a hot dog <laughs> <laughs> and I just it's, a little, it's just a little great moment between the two of them it's just silly it has nothing to do with this movie but I just I quite enjoyed it and we see uh, someone looking from a cliff at the investigation of the car and they walk away right right do and we know that it's her who... Do we know that it's the same person? I yet? don't think it's been established that it's her, but you can go ahead and tell people. I mean, it's not. It is a, there. It is the same woman who murdered the man in the car. Yeah, she's like returning to the scene of the crime, seeing what the investigation looks like type situation. I also noticed at this point, the conversation with the fake Peter Falk, all of his dialogue, even when it's conversations, sounds like monologues. That's what I mean. He. That's what bothers me about his character, is that... Every time someone talks to him, yes, he's disagreeing with them, so obviously he's going to be, like, not paying attention to them. It sounds like he's not there physically, like, mentally present in the moment. Right. And as an actor, that drives me up the wall. (laughs) Because all the other actors are trying their hardest. Like, come on, I'm working, I'm giving you something. You have to take it, do something with it, and send it right back to me. Right. He's just, no, it's like throwing gack, like, eggs at a wall. (laughs) They're not going to come back to you. Yeah, he... And I don't know if it's supposed to be, like, a character thing, or if it's just that that's Clint's style of acting. I feel like it's probably his style of acting. It could be. could be. I mean, the the movies that I'm most familiar with him, you know, the Dollar Trilogy by Sergio Leone, he's a lone gunman, lone wolf type, so he doesn't really have lots of dialogue. So mm-hmm. it's a completely different situation. Say by this point, he's probably been acting, what, 30 years, this movie? Oh, easily. This is 80... Eight, eighty nine. I forget mm-hmm. the year. Late eighties, and he had started in probably the sixties easily. So mm-hmm. we're getting close to thirty years. I don't know when he started. We could look this up, but that would be the other podcast, yeah. not this one. So for in th- for the first like twenty years of his career, he didn't have to do it. So like, I get it, but also someone could be like, "Hey, if we're gonna do this, you have to like acknowledge that there's people around." You. Right. You are not the only person at this scene, buddy. So we get to Clint walking down the street where an artist tells off some street punks Mm -hmm. and then a classic, classic commissioner chewing his ass out in his office bit. Yup. Which is just, you know, my favorite. There's nothing better than a commissioner chewing out a couple of detectives in his office. You're a dinosaur, Callahan. The press will have a field day. Actual lines of dialogue from this Mm. movie, by the way. Actual lines of dialogue. The press will have a field day, I think is my favorite movie trope line. Yeah, that's a good one. It's... Goofy, and the the it's such an old anachronistic thing that like what's a field day like from elementary the school? The press are gonna have a three legged race, right? <laughs> a potato sack race, <laughs> and then like one really fast kid gets to run around the whole school. Like, why are they doing that? That seems really inefficient. They're gonna have a too many clothes relay race. Yeah, <laughs> they got to change outfits at the end, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, the water balloon toss because you can't get an egg because then kill yeah. that egg all over. Him. That's that's you don't want that. So. I just really enjoyed the the one two punch of "You're a dinosaur, Callahan," and which is accurate. Yeah, well, yeah, he is. You are in fact a dinosaur. Yes, he absolutely super duper dinosaur like. Artist's sister is in the hospital. Catatonic. Yeah, stone cold catatonic. Nope, stone, stone cold, cold cantaloupe. <laughs> stone cold catatonic. So the artist is visiting your sister. And is talking to her. And this is when we start to get the flashbacks, right? The piece us in as to why this is all happening. I thought it, was, it wasn't a flat. It was like piece. It was a straight up, this is what happened. Oh, so, oh this is the long one. Then. This is the long one. Okay, oh, all right. right. Okay. 
Oh, I was because I was like, I read it. It was like, oh, there's a rape, and I was like, okay, sh- okay, I- I'm there. And yeah. I was like, oh no, they're gonna show like a three minute flashback sequence of a rape on a beach over right. here. I'm very uncomfortable watching this. Yeah, and that's that's the note that I have here too. Of just this is really horrifying because it's it's not in any way stylized or you know it doesn't look choreographed. It looks very raw. And yeah. It feels sort of like you're watching a snuff film. Yeah, it's it's very creepy, which I guess is probably the intent. You want the yeah. audience to be uncomfortable. It was well produced. You should be uncomfortable at rape. Right. So. It produced the desired Kudos. effect. It just was like, oh, horrible. So he ends up with three more dead dudes. Mm-hmm. And that's when they're finally like, all right, take a vacation. Like, enough. You've and he killed- keeps saying, like, I'm not due for vacation. Yeah. And like, now you are. I am the commissioner. <laughs> we bumped you up the list. I have that power. I am your boss. I am the commissioner. I just told you to take a vacation. Stop trying to tell me you can't or you won't because I did it. <laughs> So we cut to Dirty Harry's idea of vacation, which is just shooting stuff in the woods. Shooting the paper target, the people target. Yeah. And he's got this, these, all of his guns are enormous, but they're just... Re- it's like the Joker and the 89 Batman. Yes. Like, reaches into his coat pocket and like it goes into, it like comes out of his like coat, into out of his pants. Yeah. It's like 10 feet long. It, he has the, the classic... Uh, 357 Magnum, but later he gets the 44 Magnum, and it's even even bigger. (laughs) It looks like a police baton. It does! And he, so, he's shooting Ridiculous Gun in the woods, and this guy is sneaking up on him, and I'm very confused, Mm -hmm. as like, oh, he's gonna kill another guy on his first day of vacation, and he whips around and points the gun at the guy, and oh, JK, it's his buddy. Mm Mm-hmm. Why would, if you're his buddy, you should know that he's crazy. He murders people all the like, time. It is bananas. <laughs> he, all he does. He's at his gun range with a lot of guns. Wasn't he also holding a gun? Yeah. Yes. And everyone that Harry, Harry has killed in this movie thus far, I think, or like the overwhelming majority, have been minorities. And this guy is black. So, so maybe you should consider what you're doing. If you that's the other thing. I mean, like the diner scene, every single one of the robbers was a black dude. Yeah, it gets better later in the yeah, movie. It, 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 it fixes itself. It, it balances out that but I was like, like, we have why a variety. Are they all black? <laughs> and a diner full of white people. Yeah, yeah. It get, I, I was like, oh man, this is going to be this whole movie. And we're going to have to comment on it. But later, it does. It does even out. We get a whole mishmash of evil people. Yeah. of different races. A cadre. Yeah. But if you're the best friend of Harry Callahan, I'm pretty sure that you wouldn't sneak up on him. Never. Absolutely not. Because he would throw a surprise party. No, he would shoot everyone at the surprise <laughs> he party. Would, he would throw them all to cocktail. <laughs> Good that you bring that up, because the next scene that we have here Well, actually, is... his friend looks just like the police commissioner in The Last Action Hero. Yes, he does. So, it's you brought up Molotov cocktails a second ago. That's when we get my favorite... Well, not favorite. Second favorite. I already have a favorite. <laughs> The scene where they essentially play the original Nintendo game Road Rash, except with cars, and they pull up alongside Dirty Harry, a la License to Drive, and start fighting car-to-car fighting. It's it's also a scene of Footloose, when when he's straddling the cars. Oh, yeah, it is kind of like the mm-hmm. scenes. Vehicular manslaughter. It was a really big thing in the movies. <laughs> so they throw a model of cocktail into Dirty Harry's back seat, and then another one into his front seat. And it is the least tense scene in the movie. Yeah. There is a fire in his back seat, and he has no emotion. Nope. There's no stakes. <laughs> and so he just calmly reaches down, picks up the model out of the front seat. And Dri- and he, first he drives off, he like, fi- he like pro- programs a new thing into his GPS, <laughs> finds a new location to pull over. Okay, it's about three miles away. 
drives all the way there, pulls over, then gets out of his car, then reaches back into his car to pick up the Molotov cocktail, and then throws it. All while his back seat is on fire. <laughs> and front seat. The whole car yeah, is on fire. It's the front seat yeah. right now. So he throws the bottle of cocktail onto the hood of the other car where it breaks and sp- spreads all over the windshield. So it's just engulfed in flames. And they swerve hard left and... Off the dock in the water. Yep. And then it just sinks very slowly, nose first, underneath. And they're all dead? Yep. Yep. And they cut to the next morning of them fishing it out of the lake and Dirty Harry just kind of standing there watching and the, the boss being like, I said take a vacation. Jesus Christ, we're transferring <laughs> We're putting you on desk duty, Callahan. We're putting you in the sleepy little town. We're sending you up. You know what I think it was? I'm pretty Hot Fuzz? Well, yes, but that's definitely where that came from for Hot Fuzz. But I think this is the town where Clint Eastwood actually lives in California. It's a very small town he eventually became mayor of. Seriously? Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, his his campaign slogan was, go ahead, make me mayor. (laughs) So I wonder if this is where he lived and he just wanted to film the movie where he didn't. He could sleep in his own bed at night. Oh, that's good. Probably. So that's for the Dirty Harry kill count. We are now at nine by gun, one by heart attack, three by Molotov cocktail. Slash car drowning. Yeah, sure. Because I don't think it was the Molotov cocktail that killed them. That's true. So they send him to the sleepy little town. And immediately... Give him a dog. Oh, no. I was I thought the, bis- the bicycle... Oh, never mind. You're right. That okay. is first. So he's not in this town for more than... A minute. And he sees a robbery happen. And he decides... You know what I should do? I should chase this guy. So they're on foot. Which is funny because Clint Eastwood looks like he's 90 and doesn't have his original <laughs> hips. And somehow is keeping up with this spry young man. Right. And then the spry young man is like, well, after this, I'm going to take this three-wheeled motorcycle thing. So he hops on that. And Clint Eastwood's like, well, the only logical thing to do is to take a bus. A retirement home bus. <laughs> so he, he takes a retirement home bus and starts chasing this guy. And at that point, they realize there are other people in the bus that are from Shady Acres or wherever the heck. <laughs> And they suddenly become the peanut gallery. They're like, yeah, go get that punk. Because they're like, what are you doing? This is a bus. <laughs> he's like, I'm a policeman in pursuit of a robber. I would have been like, how much did it take? <laughs> what, did he kill anybody? He stole a cup of coffee. Maybe let's pump the brakes literally and figuratively here, buddy. I hate crime. That's what it is. It feels like he's he's the he's Rorschach in Watchmen, and I hate Rorschach in Watchmen. <laughs> Some crimes are just small and let it go, buddy. Clint Eastwood's kneeling at the top of a skyscraper, <laughs> looking down over the city. They'll beg for help, and I'll whisper, "No, make my day." <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. He's he's posed as a vigilante character, like written completely as a vigilante mm. character. But he is a cop, so he, that's the thing. He, by definition, he's not a vigilante. That's what bothers me. I'm like, you. if you want to be the vigilante character, do that. If you want to be the cop character, do that. But you can't be both. That isn't how it works. <laughs> you either get to be Charlie Bronson in Death Wish or the police detective. You cannot do those things simultaneously. Seriously. So he apprehends this guy and takes him in mm-hmm. and then gets... The artist sees it. Yeah. And so he gets to his hotel... And there's a knock at the door, or no, there's a noise in the closet, and he opens the closet, and there's a dog. There's a puppy. It's cute. It's a little pit bull. And they're like, clearly, you need this dog, because yeah. it'll mellow you out. Please. I don't think that's a responsible thing to do. Like, this poor dog 
is going to be just used as a murder weapon. I'm pretty sure. Like he's, he's going to throw it at someone. Yeah, he's going to use it as a weapon. That's all he does in the whole movie. But it's a cute little doggy, and I loved it instantly. Because I was like, oh, we're going to get a buddy cop film with a, cop, with a dog now. And I'm back on board. He, he's, except who's, the, the dog would have to be the buy-the-books guy. Yeah. <laughs> the dog is the one, like, filling out the paperwork, like, putting on little doggy glasses and, and writing all yeah. these notes and stuff and asking <laughs> questions. And he's just running around being the crazy one. Yeah. Do your pauper work. God damn it, Harry. This is not a joke. <laughs> This is a vital part of the investigations, and only one half of this team is doing the work necessary to make it happen, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's, if this is Riggs and Murtaugh, Dirty Harry is Riggs, and the dog is Murtaugh. Yeah, it's Hooch. What is it? Turner, <laughs> Turner Hooch. Hooch, yeah. So, at this point, he's walking the dog, and he, he runs into going the for Okay, this part pissed me off. I was like, I like this lady, and I hate her for this scene. Because he's he, the dog is on a leash and he's kind of doing like a gentle jog. The dog is not on a leash. That's what I said. Oh, okay. The dog is not on a leash. Okay, sorry. And he's going for a gentle jog. The dog kind of running a little ahead of him and he's following it. And the woman's riding her bike and it's a clear path. There's no one else on the path. The woman on the bike can see there's a, a dog and a man coming towards her. The dog keeps moving forward. Goes up, like to where the bike is, and all of a sudden she throws herself to the ground. He's like, "Your dog attacked me." And I was like, mm, "Not the way I saw it." She was like, "There are leash laws for a reason. Keep that thing controlled." And I was like, "It did nothing. This is the most well-behaved dog I've ever seen. All it does is pant and look hungry, and it's pee. a very fat, jolly dog. It pees a lot. It does. It's not like it peed on your bike. <laughs> it hasn't. It hasn't barked once. No, L- lady." <laughs> But my problem with this part is, having seen movies, I know what this scene is, and it's the scene that leads to these characters having sex, and immediately I'm disgusted. Yeah. Like, he's old. Like, I know the rules. I know the rules of movie, and this is the part where they meet before they do it later, and I don't want to see that. And I know it's coming. So now you've put the the thought in my head of these two doing it. Ew. And then the scene is closed by a dog fart. What? (laughs) Like... Who, like, Vince McMahon got snuck into the editing bay for one day. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen King showed up for for Poop Plop. Like, what? That is so out of place in this movie. It is so bizarre. It should not be the button of this scene. It should not be in, this dog should not fart in this very serious action drama. Mm -hmm. There's no reason for this moment of of, of this type of comedy. I agree. The hot dog scene is the appropriate levity moment for your action drama, not a dog fart. Good God. Because that well-behaved dog would not have farted. No, it wouldn't. It would never fart. It's a gas-free dog. Yeah. So cut to a dive bar, and and we've seen a lot of dive bars on this show. Very familiar. I've been in several dive bars as a human. But I'm talking movie dive bars, which are of their own special type. This is a great, capital G, great movie dive bar. Mm -hmm. It looks grungy. The, it looks the, sticky. Yeah. The decor is amazing. The extras they use to fill out are fantastic. It is a perfectly composed dive bar. So who, to all the people involved in that part, kudos, because it is fantastic and mm-hmm. just wonderful. And he's he's getting the lay of the land, trying to see what's what with these various people. And this redhead lady who we saw before on the beach as being the ringleader of the horrible rape monsters is... A prostitute, I thought? Def thought she was prostitute. Yeah, I couldn't quite tell. But she's, like, kind of soliciting a bunch of different people who are all like, no, go away. She's basically got, like, uh, I almost said a drag term. She's got, like, one color blue eyeshadow all over her eyelids. 
Her top's real low. Her makeup, her lipstick is smudged. She probably has a cigarette hanging out of her mouth right. at all times. Right. And just like, hey, you want a party? <laughs> no. I don't know what that means, but I'm, can you stop? You're so close to me. <laughs> That's, she's a very close talker. It's sort of like, like lady. <laughs> you smell like regret and cigarettes. Please move away from me. You, sm- you, you, you smell like broken dreams. <laughs> Uh, Rethink your advertising strategy. So she goes and grabs Clint's butt and tries to get in with him. And, and he punches her in the face. <laughs> he knocks her clean on her ass. He's just an asshole <laughs> to everybody. At which point the whole bar is like, whoa, and like <laughs> runs to her defense. Yes, don't punch a woman. Punch anyone in the face. <laughs> right. And furthermore, clearly you're the weirdo outsider and this is a regular here. Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't be causing a ruckus with the people who live and work in this bar. And yes, I did say live and work, and I did mean live and work. Clearly, some of these people just sleep there. <laughs> yeah. It's a trundle bed. And a, a murky bed out of the wall. Yeah. They just lay down in a booth. Mm-hmm. And this next scene, where she kills the dude on the beach... Yeah. ...is where I realize this is the weirdest version of Kill Bill. It is. Yeah. It's a female mm-hmm. revenge fantasy kind of thing. I, I, I do really like, though, she's... A badass, right? She's cold. She's she's tracking those people, but she shoots all of them in the dick first, and mm-hmm. I really like that. That is the appropriate response for a movie her- heroine to the men who attacked her and 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 just ruined her life and her mm-hmm. sister's life. They should get shot in the dick first. Yeah, 100%. then you kill them. Then you kill them right in the forehead. But first, you shoot them in the dick. And I was like, yeah, well done. Well composed. She walks up to the guy and doesn't say a damn word. I thought she was going to shoot him in the back of the head. Because I was like, oh, I don't want any chance to get an escape or right, attack her. Right, right. And instead she was like, nope. Boom. Dick shot. Boom. <laughs> headshot. And then walks away. Yeah. And I love her. She's just, great. Just casually leaves leaves the scene. Mm-hmm. The dead guy slumped over his chair. But his eyes moved. Oh, I didn't notice yeah, that. Yeah, he gets shot right in between, like, in the, where your eyebrows would meet if they were a unibrow. And he falls down. And as she walks by, his eyes move. And I don't know if that's, like, a real thing that could happen. I assume it's just bad acting, or bad cut. The yeah. bad, no one caught it in editing. I mean, I don't know anything about it. It's very death. deliberate, though. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. I didn't catch that. So, at this point, we revisit the police station in this small town, where Clint has trying to been, be involved. He brought the robber in, and, and, and was trying to be part of this whole thing, and they kind of shoved him out the door. So, he comes back, and he wants to meet with the police chief over these murders that have happened in the town now, and, mm-hmm. and the information he's gleaned by talking to the redhead who he punched in the face. And we see, like, super detective mode engage, and he starts, mm-hmm. like, scanning around the room, and he notices that the redhead's in one of the pictures, and he starts studying it, like, Jack Torrance at the Overlook Hotel, like, yeah. really, really getting in there on this picture. And it's where we're, yeah, obviously, the audience is supposed to be like, oh, the chief is clearly part of whatever this thing that's happening is. This is clearly mm-hmm. a bigger thing. So that he and the chief have a really awkward conversation about this whole thing. This is because he goes to the beach. Because he's like, does the chief personally investigate every dead body reported? And the guy's like, no, this one just, he was shot in the groin and then then a head. So he was like, this seems like an important thing to investigate. Sure. Which, as a police chief, probably not a bad idea. Right. And, like, in San Francisco... Chief probably doesn't go to every murder. In in Amityville? Yeah, probably every time there's a murder, in, the in chief... Amity Beach? <laughs> yeah. I should say, not Amityville? <laughs> that guy'd be too busy. There's way yeah. too many bodies in He's just at the house. He, just, yeah. he's, he, he just, lives next door. He just puts a tent in the front yard and <laughs> yeah. lives there. And then he had to go to California for no reason. Mm-hmm. But, like, Chief Brody probably investigates every dead body. In Absolutely. 
He does. He does. We, we see we watch that happen. <laughs> the the crux of the movie. Yes. There's only like 12 people who work in the in this town. In this PD. In, in Abity, it's only two people, so it's even worse. But there's clearly not an abundance of detectives and, and cops at this tiny little town police station. And Jessica Fletcher isn't there to solve these murders. <laughs> or this is them. definitely Cabot Cove. <laughs> Murder she wrote, if anyone just... <laughs> also, The Secret Diary of a Serial Murderer. <laughs> what is that? Oh, yeah. That's my suspicion of that show is really, is murder she committed. <laughs> oh, she committed them all? Yeah. That's oh, the I like part, it. That's the part they never showed you. It's it <laughs> way too convenient that this lady showed up at all these this murders. geriatric lady yeah. with her high-waisted pants yeah. that are Way shoppers. too convenient. Yeah, murder she committed is the real name I like of that, that show. one. Yeah. How to get away with murder. <laughs> Um, and he's like, you need to stop because this is my town. You don't have jurisdiction here. Please stop. We're barely tolerating you being here. <laughs> I'm owing someone a favor, which is why you're here. <laughs> yeah. And and then we cut to Clint and the lady having weird hotel sex? No. It wasn't Clint and the lady. It was the rapist. <gasps> oh, that's why my... Clint and the lady that, okay. never have sex. Yeah, they do. When did I miss that? No, they go on a date, but they never have sex. Ew, come on with the sex. Yeah, no, it's it's that's later. That's my second sex scene note. I don't remember that one. I thought he and the lady slept together. I don't remember that. But I know all of a sudden there were boobs in the movie, and I was like, "Whoa, okay." It would be after the redhead gets killed. Mm-mm. Kelly and Spencer meet again, and sleep together. Oh, I don't remember that at yeah. all. Maybe I just blocked that out. It's like they definitely do it because I wrote all these notes about being grossed out about it. All of a sudden, there's boobs. Yeah. And, and it's this weird, creepy sex happening in a hotel. The, by one of the rapists. Very poorly lit. Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad. Because he's very aggressive. and It's back to the snuff film thing like you brought up before. Mm-hmm. It's just uncomfortable. Yeah. It feels sort of like a rape again. Yeah. And the phone rings. And she's like, please, dear God, answer the phone. <laughs> Get off of me and answer the phone. Like, I know you're paying for this, but oh, God. <laughs> like, please. please. Here's your money back. I'm out of here. Anything but this. I'm out of 5,000. So we follow up that with a great scene where Clint interrogates some people selling fish. Mm-hmm. And the there's three people, and he keeps asking these questions, and clearly it's like, Clint, learn to read the room, buddy. The woman is like, <laughs> it's the woman whose husband was shot in the dick right. on the beach. Yeah. And he's like, can you tell me about your husband? And she's like, I'm grieving and also running a business. So <laughs> if you want to come back. <laughs> like a week or two. A day. <laughs> Come back when the off when there's not like a hundred pounds of fish for me to move. Do you know how many people sell fish in this town? All of them. I'll take all of it. Like all your mackerel. Like I'm not just gonna buy all the fish. Look, good. Now your now your business is done. Also, <laughs> tell me what happened with your husband. Still grieving. Still have that box to check. <laughs> yeah, if you could, thank you. It was nice of you to do that. A day. I'm gonna go and weep now. It was twelve hours ago. <laughs> So, all of a sudden, the one dude picks up a meat cleaver, and they start, like, attacking him, and the woman runs away, and as he goes to throw someone into a freezer, she pulls out a damn sniper rifle. Yep. I was like, wee, this is, it's not a, a shotgun, the double barrel shotgun, I'll give you. A big pistol. A sniper rifle? That's very specific. <laughs> it, it's it's a very elaborate hunting rifle. It's not like you you know you're 22 that you you give a 12 year old. It has a very big scope and it's a very mm-hmm. elaborate looking gun. 
That that is a real question that never got answered. This movie, <laughs> why she has this? Yes, because she's secretly she lives. She doesn't live in a hunting town. She lives in a small fishing town. How do you think she catches those fish? Oh. From the top of a boat, just like Roy Scheider and Jaws. Yeah, right. <laughs> she smiles, you son of a bitch, and she shoots the carp. There we go. That's how she gets it. That's clean and efficient fishing. So he's walking his dog again after this, and he sees what's her face, not Lorraine Gary, drinking right. alone. At a cafe, and it's like, I'll go talk to her with my dog. <laughs> and she's like, guess your dog's better trained now. And he's like, no, it's the same. You're just a bitch. It was it was fine before. Still fine now. Yep. You're you're just kind of a monster. It's a really sweet looking dog. Mm-hmm. He he's, doesn't bark. He doesn't lick. He doesn't approach. He just lays around. He's a, like a lazy it's fat the best. dog. Yes. It's me as a dog. <laughs> so he's like... How about I? Uh, how about you buy me a beer and we'll call it even? So she sits down and goes, "A beer for my friend," which is uh, one of my favorite movie tropes. As someone who just saying a beer, yeah, <laughs> yeah. As someone who was a server, if someone just said, "I'll have a beer," it's like, okay, there's like twelve, <laughs> twelve on tap, and then we got like thirty in cans and bottles. It's equivalent cool to be like one soda, please. Mm-hmm. Or my other favorite was people go, "I'll have Pinot." Noir or Grigio? Because there's two different kinds, and they are very different. <laughs> not to, I can mix them together and have sort of a weird red and white thing going on. Yeah, don't just say a beer. <laughs> that is that is a very standard movie thing. And the other, and, but it's just a that's just a movie thing for all because the people are always going, "Oh, a whiskey, neat. What kind? There's like a million whiskeys." Because mm, every time I'm like a vodka soda. They're like, what kind do you want? I'm like, whatever's well. Like, give me well vodka right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. But like, if someone orders whiskey, there's going to be a preference there. Surely. A vodka soda, like, unless you're ordering the cheap shit of like, whatever's your special right now. Yeah. That one. Yeah. That one. <laughs> the plastic jug at the bottom mm-hmm. with the dust on it. That's the one, please. <laughs> the one you use to clean the counters at the end of the night. That. Yeah. Yeah. Bankers Club. Non-specific drink orders is what is this, just a great standard movie thing. Mm-hmm. Also, this is not related to the plot of the movie, but I, it is in my notes because this is where I looked it up. Clint and the studio had a 60-40 split on profits for this movie, and the studio got 40. Seriously? Yes. That is how big of a star he was at this time. Oh, God. 60% of the money went to him. That's bananas. Yeah. So she, they have a conversation about what the law means, and she leaves. And then it, it, they close the scene with the fact that the dog's peeing on someone. Yep. Yep. It's just weird. Like they put mm-hmm. these slapstick comedy buttons in this movie for no reason. It doesn't. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And the redhead. We cut to the redhead at the at the uh, hardware store talking to the guy and being like, "Look, clearly everyone who raped those ladies in the beach is dying. Yeah. So dying ugly. Just heads up. Yeah. If you haven't put that together, I have. Yeah. So and he's like, "Would you shut up? There's something wrong." And she's like, "Okay, well, I tried. So have a nice <laughs> life. Smoke a cigarette. Gets out of there. Yeah. Then we see." Not Lorraine Gary, like, scoping him out. Watching. Mm-hmm. He's in a garage. I didn't realize it was the garage that Clint Eastwood is, like, staying in. Yeah. How that happened. Yeah, it seems like a weird Never got explained. No, not at all. About until it's happened. Yeah. So he's in his garage doing something, and the garage door starts to close. And I was like, where did she go? Like, she, <laughs> did she just, like, Catwoman? She teleported. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Like his hair moves in the yeah, wind. Yeah. Like what happened? <laughs> She's the Flash all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, and so the, he's stuck in the garage, and she comes out, and uh, he starts 
explaining himself and like hearing a rapist try to defend his actions. Oh, it's so disgusting! It's like the like makes my skin crawl, right? Because it's everything that they like. This is what men, what shitty rapists are gonna say. Yeah, it was like everything. Yeah, I was drunk. I didn't know what I was doing. It was yeah. a long time ago. You probably enjoyed it. I was yeah. just like. He shoots him right in the dick, then right in the head, and then gets the hell out of Dodge. Right. And then Harry finds it, like, it comes home and sees him, and I was like, why is he here? <laughs> Does he. Do they live together? <laughs> Has that been a thing? <laughs> they actually share a bed? Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they spoon in that? The honeymooners? Yeah. And then uh, Harry goes to the redhead. The redhead and someone else, I yes. think. And then he starts fighting the one guy, and the redhead starts helping him. He comes in to arrest the guy. Like, he's put mm-hmm. together enough pieces that he thinks he knows who to arrest. Okay, he doesn't put together. He has put together pieces in his head. There's yeah. zero evidence. Right, it's, I'm not saying he doesn't have, like, a big case file, yeah. but he comes to arrest the guy. Mm-hmm. And the redhead gets killed in the ensuing... No, they fight first, and then he and the guy, the guy runs out, and he follows him. And the red uh, oh, right. And he punches her in the nose and makes her bleed. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. And that's when the lady shows up to come mm-hmm. kill the redhead. And she, she walks in, and she's like, oh, how's your slut of a sister? And then she's like, no. Right in the... She just, I wish she shot her in the groin. That's what I wrote down. Like, th- we have an established demo. You need to shoot her in the hoo-ha. Like, I'm sorry. Right the shooter. <laughs> you need to shoot her right in the lady bits. And but then she shoots her in the out. heart, which I guess is what men think is the lady, the lady <laughs> genitals. Good God. Are you going to really extrapolate that? It's the 80s. It was a different time. We have very... We were not as kind to our lady characters. <laughs> hey, it's she. That is the only person who gets shot in the heart. You're not wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's a theory there. The, the, the insane fan theory behind Sun impacts one lady murder. <laughs> yeah, shoots her in the heart and then in the head. Yes, and I was like, mm, probably could have. Probably could have gone right in the hoo-ha, which would have been preferable for me. Yeah. I would have, I would, she deserves that just as much as everybody she else is, does. She was, like, she was the ringleader. Right. Come on. Yeah. And then she's like, <laughs> and walks out. I right. love, she's, she and uh, the marine, lady marine biologist from Jaws 3D, or no, Jaws, no, Jaws 3D. Yeah. yeah. Are, like, my favorite lady characters we've seen so far, because they're just so stone cold, and, like... <laughs> Shut up, men. Let me do what I need to do. I got, I got plenty of shit to deal with without having to deal with your shit. So Clint obviously knows that this woman is involved at this point. There's no mm-hmm. possible way. Yeah. Which leads to the really gross sex scene that we knew was coming from their meet cute with the dog fart. Yeah, I don't remember it. I'm glad I don't. <laughs> so the bad guys capture... Clint's friend from before, the one who snuck up on him at the gun range. Because he comes, he comes and be like, hey, the whole thing's blown over. You can come home now. Yeah. I have a champagne. Oh, God, this hotel room's full of bad guys. <laughs> he, he literally does, like, a knock on the door with champagne and roses, and it opens with, like, five dudes with No, he on. opens it, and it's dark, so he comes, like, oh, just come in, and shuts the door, <laughs> yeah. and then turns on the light, and the room's full of people. <laughs> it's like a surprise party. Surprise! Oh. Dead. Yep. Deep six. Murdered. Murder city. Murder face. And then Clint gets beat up by a bunch of other dudes. He gets kind of jumped and, and, and beat up a bunch. So the guys who killed Clint's friend then find Clint and beat the crap out of him. and Push him over the dock. Right. Which is weird that they don't just kill him. Mm-hmm. Like, 
they're pretty logical movie bad guys in that they just do a lot of murder and then suddenly it's a lot of like, rape and a lot yeah, of murder. Yeah, a lot of just pure evil stuff. And then the lady, Dirty Harriet, as it were, mm-hmm. shows up at the police chief's house because it's like, finally they're going to acknowledge that this dude's in on it that yeah. we've been teasing. So he goes to shoot his son who's like sitting in a room and she goes around him and realizes he's catatonic too. And she's like, I don't understand. And the police chief comes in, tells her to put her gun down, explains, like, yeah, he uh, actually felt really guilty about what happened and tried to kill himself, and uh, it was a failed suicide attempt and left him catatonic, and uh, hasn't spoken or moved yeah. in a long time. And, like, I do feel a little sympathy for that guy, but I still wanted to shoot him in the dick. Yes. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's suffered. Like, that is probably, like, his... He just gets the one to the head, then. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, okay with that. He's because I feel like she because her sister's catatonic. She's like, oh, you're clearly he's clearly never coming out of this. Like <laughs> that's where he is. That's where he lives. You can stay there forever until you decide to die. <laughs> it just leaves him in purgatory. Mm-hmm. I mean, his dad's dead. So who's taking care of him now? Yeah, that's a good point. He's so. just gonna slowly die. Yeah. And then Clint gets back to the hotel room, like, he drags his ass in there, mm-hmm. and he pulls out the case that the forty four Magnum is in, and it's this red velvet line. I loved it. <laughs> it's so great. It, it's like, it looks like a huge, uh, it's about the size of a big shoebox, but it's made out of wood, like, polished, mm-hmm. beautiful wood, and he opens it, and it's just one cutout for the giant-ass gun, and then one cutout for the clip. There's two clips. <laughs> oh, two clips, that's There's right. There's two clips. Yeah. And he, like, pulls it out and kind of holds it up a little bit. It's very Sweeney Todd. <laughs> he's like, my arm is complete again. <laughs> he slaps the clip in and then, like, limps his way out of there to go mm-hmm. finish the movie. And so the the rapist comes in to the police chief's house and takes the girl's gun and then shoots the police chief with it. And is like, come on, sweetheart, we're getting out of here. Waka waka. And they, get out of and, they go, and they go to the pier. Yeah. Where she, we didn't mention this before, she is, the only reason she's there is because she's restoring this old carousel. Which is where she was raped. Yeah. Like, she is a badass lady. Well, well, she got that job to go kill these people. Mm-hmm. So she's... But she still is actively, she is doing the job she was hired to do and the job she wants to do. Yes. Two feet from where she was raped. Right. Which like, is like, I would, this movie would be better if it was, if he Dirty Harriet was <laughs> I just want her movie. Yeah. I want the her movie. <laughs> yeah. Dirty Harriet would have been way more entertaining of just, this lady is super badass and mm-hmm. just a kill monster. She's the best. So she's like, you know what? You're going to have to rape my dead body, you piece of shit. Like, you're never getting me again. Yeah. Knees him in the dick and runs away. Yeah. And then we get this. Awesome, awesome, awesome shot. I've already complimented before in the dive bar, but the shot where Clint walks up onto the pier mm-hmm. under the fog and darkness is awesome. Yeah. It looks, it's like the perfect updated version of the 12 noon high Ooh. shootout. Yes. The tum- the, the, I wanted a piece of newspaper to come <laughs> Yeah. He's, or cotton he, candy. He's standing in silhouette and his breath is like vapor clouding out of his mouth. It's awesome looking. This movie is kind of okay, but this that shot is so great. Like, I, just like a painting, you know? Mm. Well, we also missed the part where she ran, when she ran from them, she pretended to pass out, hit him with a driftwood and ran into the carousel room. Yeah. And then started it up and hid. And like, oh, yeah, the yeah. Carousel scene of like, where is she? Where are they? And she ran out, and that's when Harry was there. Right, right, right. He showed up with his gigantic hand cannon. And then he, from eight feet away, puts it to the guy's temples and kills him. <laughs> yeah, he roughly stands on opposite sides of the street in order yeah. to effectively threaten him with this gun. <laughs> yeah. Shoots both the other guys. So the ringleader takes, Lo- not Lorraine Gary, uh, onto the roller coaster and goes up to like the high hill of it, and, and Harry comes up and is like, I'm going to kill you. 
And I was like, why can't Larry and Gary kill him? Yeah. Like, why can't she do it? I yeah. want her to do it. Yes, me too. Go to hell, Harry. And he, she like elbows him and jumps out of the way and Harry shoots him and he goes back through the hanging lights that spark and flash. He goes down, falls through a glass skylight and gets impaled on a unicorn, a plastic <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> yep. So that is the one count of murder by unicorn. I, well, I, I would go that way. If I have to go, I'm going to go that way. <laughs> Like in Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, just like Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> so the police obviously show up because there's a huge gunfight at the pier and everybody called the cops. And he and the girl, the, the artist, have this moment. Of, and she's like, okay, go ahead, arrest me. But like, they no, no one gave a shit 10 years ago when I was raped. Yeah. So I just took, I took my arrest in my own hands. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry, bro. Yeah. And and he kind of is like, well, your methods are sound. That's, that's my methods. <laughs> so... Would you like to be my back row? <laughs> yeah, that should have been the sequel to this movie. They just there is another one, but it should have been these two, like mm-hmm. Bonnie and Clyde, and their way across the country. Instead, the, the cops come up and they're like, "Oh, uh, we found this gun." And he's like, "If you do the ballistics test, you'll see that it killed all the people. Clearly, that guy was holding it. He killed all these people." And they're like, "Oh, okay. sure, yeah, yeah, okay, thanks, thanks, Harry." Mm. And then like sunset, end of the movie. And she looks at him. And she's like, "Oh, okay. I guess you're a really dirty cop." <laughs> Insanely, insanely. So dirty. why can you be trusted? Shoot him. That's how this should have ended. She's like, I can't trust you either. Boom, shot, and she walks away. Uh, we should do everybody's uh, favorite segment of the show. Hot tag taglines. Hot tag tagline. Sudden impact of lots of bullets. Hot tag tagline. Sudden impact. Kill Bill without the feet. <laughs> I think I know what you're going to say, but would you recommend this movie? If there's an edit that exists with just her, yeah, a hundred percent. Don't not, think so. If not, it's like a seventy percent recommend. Yeah, it's pretty. It's good. just so like if you could skip the first forty-five minutes, you re- if you fast forward to the part where he is going into the small town and chasing the guy with the bus, it's mm-hmm. a pretty good movie. Solid. But the first forty-five minutes is really slow and doesn't really do a lot to establish the character that you wouldn't have picked up anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I. I the, of course, you'd miss the coffee scene then, which is sort of classic. But, but I think it's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's actually it's a pretty entertaining movie. It's just it was it was a little long and a lot slower than I thought it would be because the action parts are so fast paced that it makes the other stuff seem really slow in comparison. Seriously, I, I think is the big problem because the and why she is not lauded as a more as a what like a well flushed out female character. Yeah, she's in great action movies. I don't understand. Yeah, no, I I think she's totally awesome. She's by far the best part of this movie. I think that about wraps it up here. You don't know what's coming next, so I, I will say the clue for next episode is a bit of a surprise. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. <laughs> <laughs>